Biscuits and Bills by O. B. Dubois. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Characters Jack Maynard, read by Ryan Bissett. Mrs. Maynard, read by Maria Fatima da Silva. Mr. Brainerd, read by Philip Gould. Stage Directions, read by phone. Biscuits and Bills Scene Dining room of the Maynard flat with doors center, left, and right. Large table in center with two photographs on easels. Sideboard on left. Telephone down right against flat. Shaving table and chair back of it down right. Easy chair and couch with six cushions down left. Discovered at rise of curtain, Mr. Jack Maynard in coat sleeves, without collar, seated at small table, shaving. Mrs. Maynard examining her hat, holding it at a distance and rearranging the feathers. My father always shaved in the bathroom. Jack Maynard, awkwardly trying to shave left side of face with right hand. Your mother never used your father's bathroom for a storage warehouse mrs maynard trying on hat in front of sideboard it was not necessary in my father's home you have probably forgotten that i came from a very luxurious home and you have probably forgotten that your father commenced housekeeping in two rooms for which he paid ten dollars a month and that's the way my uncle henry commenced too that is what our washwoman pays there are seven negro tenants in the house Shall I engage rooms there? Bell rings off stage. There is our groceryman, and I am ashamed to meet him. His bill has not been paid in three weeks. Exit center. Jack, wiping lather from his face. He partially buttons on collar, allowing free end of four-in-hand tie to hang loose. Oh, times must have changed. Why, I have treasured that argument about Papa's early start for weeks, waiting an opportune moment to present it. The moment it arrives, I present it. Biff! Bang! Argument is busted. Walks. Something wrong, I know that. Good salary, debts, bills, duns, weeping wife. Oh, there is something wrong. Now, if Uncle Henry had only... Oh, what's the use? He'll live twenty years longer, I suppose. <sighs> Enter Mrs. Maynard, center exit. She lays the grocery bill on the shaving table while Jack adjusts his collar. I say, uh, how much do we owe this, uh, uh, blooming grocer? Twenty-four dollars and thirty cents. And the last time he was paid, it was with the money Mama gave me when she was here. Jack throws himself in easy chair and takes up newspaper. When is, uh, Mother coming again? She suggested that I drop her a line right after we had settled up with our tradesmen. Well, anyway, I paid the laundry bill last week. It's all right, and I'm glad you did it. But please don't become festive about it, because I have the bill right here. Holds it up. Twelve cents. And here is another one. Cigars. Nine dollars. Well, I'm thinking about being economical all the time. I am. And I'm going to change several things around here. Things have got to be reduced. 
Where do you expect to start in? I'm going to cut that laundry bill down next week, for one thing. Mrs. Maynard, placing another bill on the table. The milkman was here this morning and wants his money. Jack, giving close attention to his paper. Much? About thirteen dollars. Jack, starting from his chair. What? Have we been buying a cow? Mrs. Maynard places another bill on table. And the gas bill is running up something awful. That is the only bill we can make light of, eh? Oh, you can evade this situation if you want to, but I am crushed, mortified, discouraged when I think of the wardrobe I had before marrying you. Why, I am the laughing stock of the block. Stock of the block. <laughs> that rhymes. Mrs. Maynard, growing excited. I am the most forlorn-looking woman in this neighborhood. I am frumpy, shabby, dowdy. Jack, rising. Hold on, say that again. Mrs. Maynard, turning her back to him. No, I won't. Well, uh, if I understood you correctly, you said you were dowdy. Yes, dowdy, 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 dowdy. Jack, hand to face, thoughtfully. Well, by George, I never thought of it before, but I guess you're right. You said dowdy? Yes, I said dowdy, and I am. But pray tell me, do you know the meaning of the word dowdy? Jack, after a pause. Who, me? Yes, you. Certainly I do. Well, what is it? Jack, seating himself again at shaving table. Fat. Mrs. Maynard, shaking him in her wrath. How dare you tell me that I am becoming stout? Isn't it enough that I must dress like a fright and look like a, a, a... Jack, arms folded on table in front of him. Dowdy. I want you to understand, Jack Maynard, that I do not have to put up with your insults. If I should tell Mama of your cruel cutting remarks... Do you suppose I would have to live here? No. Mama would say, Come home as quickly as you can, dearie. That's what Mama would say. Jack, polishing his eyeglasses and holding them up to the light as he leans back in his chair. Would you go? Mrs. Maynard, shaking her finger in his face. In a minute, Jack Maynard. Jack, tipping back his chair and adjusting his glasses. Then why not run along and tell Mama now? Mrs. Maynard, trying to be very dignified and impressive. When I leave this place to go home, I shall never return. Remember that, sir, never. Jack, glancing at her from the corners of his eyes. Er, uh, heavenly home or Mama's? Mrs. Maynard, walking about very excitedly. Say it, say it. Say that you wish I were dead. I know you do, but let me tell you this, Jack Maynard. I intend to live. Live just to spite you. Oh, don't consider me. Say just one word more, and I will go now. Just one word. Dowdy. Oh, I am through with you, Jack Maynard. Puts on her hat wrong side foremost, feathers dangling in her eyes. I have stood what no mortal woman would stand, and Mama shall know of this at once. 
We shall see, Mr. Maynard, we shall see. Goes to telephone and commences to talk into the receiver instead of the transmitter. Jack goes to chair left and places one foot upon it. Hello, Central. Give me Mama's... No, excuse me. To Jack. Oh, you can laugh, sir. In receiver. Hello, Central. Give me 348L. Hello? Why don't you answer me? I shall report your inattention, young lady. How dare you talk back to me, miss? How dare you? Hangs up receiver. No, I will not mortify myself this way. I will not demean myself to this extent in your presence. Exit left. Jack goes to telephone, imitating his wife's voice. Give me mammoth. <laughs> Hello, Central. In transmitter. Give me 348L. Is this my dear father-in-law? This is Jack. Say, Dad, can you come over? What's the matter? Oh, nothing except that the roof is off, the boiler is busted, the pipes are frozen, tires all punctured, and the gasoline tank is empty. Noise of furniture being tossed about by Mrs. Maynard off stage. An empty traveling bag is thrown by her to the center of stage from left. It is followed by a large paper parcel. Tornado coming now. Goodbye, Dad. Hangs up receiver. Enter Mrs. Maynard, left. She is wildly excited, drags an open dress suit case, and has an armful of feminine wearing apparel. She deposits the suitcase on edge of table and thrusts the garments in without order. Suitcase falls to floor several times. Jack, hands behind his back. Going so soon? I cannot get away from here quickly enough. Then you take away everything that belongs to you because I will not be responsible for anything you leave behind. Brute! Silly ninny. Mrs. Maynard, drawing on gloves. Oh, if people only knew what a hard man you are. That's all right. You take your stuff with you. How can I take my piano? Since you ask my advice, I suggest a truck. But say, sit down. There are a number of things we'll have to fix up. How about that combination bookcase and writing desk? Half of that belongs to me. How about it? Well, since you ask my advice, I suggest an axe. Jack, on each side of large table. Jack pounds on table. Look here, young lady. This matter is far more serious than you imagine. I will give you one more chance. Tell me you are sorry, and he will commence all over. Mrs. Maynard, adjusting button on gloves. Me? Me? Sorry? Ha! I am not sorry. I am very happy. Very well, then. Call in your truckman. Takes a picture from table. Here's a photograph taken just before we were married. They were holding hands. Do you want it? No. All right. On the junk pile for that. He scales it to the rear. Mrs. Maynard picks it up and brushes it off. How dare you throw away that picture? Here's a picture of your cousin Gertie and myself taken at Atlantic City. I want that. Puts it in his pocket. Cousin Gertie, goodness, she tried hard enough to get you. But she didn't. Telephone rings. Jack answers. Hello? Yes? Oh, is that you, Billy? You were at the club. Certainly I will come over. You did not think I would leave my happy home? Well, you've caught me right this time. I will be there in about ten minutes. 
Do you mean to say that you are going over to that clubhouse? Jack, putting on hat and gloves. I certainly do. Then go. It is all over between us. Jack, with hand on door. Before I go, there's one thing I wish to say. Mrs. Maynard, stamping foot. Go now! But... Mrs. Maynard seizes a cushion. Not a word with me, sir. Go now! Points to central exit. Look here. I'm not going to allow you to. Mrs. Maynard, throwing cushion at his head. You scoundrel! You impudent rascal! Jack, who has dodged through center exit, returns. Say. Mrs. Maynard, throwing second cushion. Don't you call me say! Jack exits hurriedly, center exit. Mrs. Maynard, with cushion in each hand, awaits his return at center exit. Enter Jack sullenly, right exit. By Jove, I won't stand. Mrs. Maynard, throwing cushion. Not a word from you, you pinhead. Exit Jack, right exit. You, you noodle. Oh, if I could only think of the names I would like to call you. Enter Mr. Brainard, center exit. Mrs. Maynard, thinking it is Jack, throws cushion at him with great force. Oh, Papa, did I hurt you? Oh, he is to blame for this. Oh, I did not mean to hurt you. I only wanted to kill Jack. And oh, Papa, I wish I were dead. Throws herself in his arms. Tut, tut, little lady. This is treason. Come now, sit down and tell dear old Dad all about it. He gathers up the cushions and tosses them on the floor between the sideboard and center exit. As he throws the last one, Jack enters center exit and it hits him. Jack, tossing arms over his head. Help! Please, help! What does this mean, sir? Come now, I want to know the worst. When it I think means what a kind that the fondest dreams of my life are over, my ideals are shattered, and tomorrow I go forth into the world with no hope, no anchorage, no object in life but to exist. Hold on now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is this? A Chinese kindergarten? Now then, one at a time. He Not one no man in a thousand would have stood for what I have. I have given up my club, given up smoking, given up inviting my friends life. here. And Mr. Brainard hurriedly takes him by the arm and leads him to right exit. Jack resisting. Given up? Say, hold on, I want to talk. Given up? Stop, I tell you. Why, I have even given up. Mr. Brainard thrusts him through right exit. I'll give it up myself in a minute if I can't keep these turtle doves apart. Now, young lady, let me hear your tale of woe. Then I will put you out of the room and listen to his awful story. Oh, Papa, I have tried hard to please that man. I have slaved and toiled, planned, and, and suffered, and, and suffered, and everything. I see. I see. I have just one question to ask you. How do you feed him? Mrs. Maynard, sarcastically. Why, I sterilize all his milk, and I'm very, very particular about keeping his bottle clean. Kindly eliminate all sarcasm and answer my question. 
Do you supply him with good, wholesome food? He never complains. Aside, and doubling up her fist so that her father does not see. Oh, if he ever dared to complain. Look here, you headstrong little silly. You think you know it all, and by George you have missed the very first thing of importance. Don't you know that the best man who ever lived cannot tell the difference between sentiment and a full stomach? Now see what a sentimental man I... No, no, I mean, see what a good cook your mother is? Can you cook as well as your mother? That's the question. You have hurt my feelings very much by asking that question. For while I am not by any means as good a housekeeper as Mama, yet I can assure you that her instructions have not been wasted on me. I will now give you an opportunity to converse with that poor, hungry, half-stuffed gentleman in the other room. Takes position near left exit and pauses. Now wait a minute. Come back here. I want to get this thing adjusted so that you will both be satisfied. There is nothing under the blue canopy of heaven but a divorce or a separation that will ever satisfy me. Exit left. Mr. Brainard silently gazes at left exit, then places hand in trouser pocket and faces audience. I'm a fool. That's what I am. I ought to be chained up nights. What I need is a messenger boy who will lead me around so that I won't get hit with the cars. Walks to shaving table. I wonder how this domestic row started anyway. Picks up one of the bills. Hello. This is a grocery bill. Now that dear daughter of mine became very touchy on the question of food supplies. I wonder what she orders from the grocery man. Puts on glasses. Pickled pig's feet, pickled Bismarck herrings, pickled eels, dill pickles, and pickles. Now wouldn't that give a man yellow jaundice? Continues reading. Liverwurst, head cheese, hand cars, schmear cars. Hmm. Drops the bill, turns away, and daintily wipes his fingers on his handkerchief. Everything on this bill is either canned or pressed or pickled. Think of a man who goes to a picnic every time he sits down to a meal. I guess the only thing under the blue canopy of heaven that will satisfy him is a square meal. Sits down at table and takes out checkbook. Well, it is a good thing that I have some cash in pickle, because I've got to pay these bills, I suppose. But this is a sour pickle for me, all right. Lays check on the bills. I will now listen to the troubles of my dear son-in-law. Position near right exit. But what is the use of listening to a man with a delicatessen liver? By Jove, I will take them both around to the house for dinner. I will find out what that blessed wife of mine intends to have tonight. At phone. Hello, Central? 348L, please. Hello, is that you, Harriet? This is John. Say, what are you going to have for dinner tonight? Yes. Hot biscuits and an old-fashioned meat pie. Fine. Say, can I bring Jack and Emma around? All right. Good. Say, how did you correct this sweet little daughter of yours? Ha-ha, <laughs> spanked her. Well, excuse me. 
How are they? Oh, all right until they break out again. No, nothing like the measles, just a little rash. And I've got one locked in the bedroom and the other in the kitchen. Enter Mrs. Maynard, left. All they need here is some good old-fashioned cooking. That's all. Goodbye. Hangs up receiver. Hello. I thought I would fix it up to have you and Jack around to dinner tonight. Mr. Maynard can do as he likes, but I shall not go, Mr. Brainard. Look here, young lady, I know what you need, and if I had your mother here, you would get it. Why do you refuse? I refuse because you always take his part in every disagreement we have. You pamper him, you coddle him, you baby him, and you never lose the opportunity to contrast my cooking with Mama's. Hasten. Why, I can cook as well as Mama every day in the week. For fifty-two weeks in a year, I can. Mr. Brainard commences with suppressed laughter, holds his sides, stops, glances at her, and commences all over. Ends by placing his arms on the table before him, his head on his arms, convulsed with laughter. <laughs> you do not believe it? Mr. Brainard, looking up. Who? Me? Stop making me laugh. Rising. Come, put on your things and I will call Jack. I am not going. Oh, yes, you are. Why, your mother is going to have hot biscuits tonight. Mrs. Maynard, laughing boisterously. Hot biscuits? They are nothing to make. Any woman can do it. And a fine old-fashioned meat pie with a brown brittle crust. Ooh, it would melt in your mouth. Mrs. Maynard, laughing again. A meat pie? Why, it is the easiest thing in the world to make. I have it often. Say, little daughter, you could not get up a dinner like that if you tried. Why, I've looked over your grocery bill, and the trouble with that husband of yours is that he is pickled. That's what ails him. Mrs. Maynard flies the sideboard and puts on a large bib apron. Oh, I have heard enough of this. He shall have his hot biscuits and his meat pie, and you shall remain here to dinner, and witness the fact that I can do these things as well as Mamma. Mr. Brainard, alarmed. Hold on. Your mother expects me. Sit down. You make me nervous. Mr. Brainard collapses in chair. Tomorrow. Points right exit. That man and I may separate forever, but tonight will prove that our separation is not due to the fact that I cannot cook. Exit left. Mr. Brainard, pathetically. I wish I was home. Takes a small vial from vest pocket and examines it. Well, I've got three indigestion tablets left anyway. I wonder if I've got my liver pills. Feels in pocket. Enter Jack, hurriedly, right. Say, I'm not going to stay in there all night. Why, where's Emma? She has gone to get dinner. I'm invited and we are going to have meat pie. What's that? Why, it's one of those brown, tempting, luscious, dreamy creations your dear old mother-in-law makes. Jack, pointing left exit. She is going to make one? Certainly. And hot biscuits. 
Jack sits down in big chair. I'm in the Royal Arcanum, and I don't want much fuss made, just a few flowers and a few kind words. Crosses his legs and waves one foot. Brainard does the same. Few moments pause, and from time to time they glance at each other. Audible sighs, etc. She... She says she can cook as well as your mother-in-law. <laughs> stop it! I tell you, stop it! I've got a sore lip. Mr. Brainard, rising. I ought to go home. I seldom, or seldom, don't you know, stay out as late as this. Takes coat and hat. Jack, taking hat away from him. Soon, not yet. You are going to stay to the funeral. Look here, I've got to go home. My wife expects me. I've reached the age where my dinner at home is an important event. I don't enjoy. Say, who expects you to get any enjoyment out of this? You are a mourner in this. That's all you are. Well, I'll just take my forty winks in the other room before dinner. I always do that at home. Go as far as you like. Exit Mr. Brainard, right. <laughs> Not one, but two lambkins shall be laid upon this altar of indigestion. Places Brainard's hat on the table and takes position left center, back to table. The idea. Who's providing this show for this mournful function? Enter Mr. Brainard, right. He tiptoes to table secures his hat and executes dumb show of great glee as he exits right it's me i've got something to say i'm the remains anybody would imagine that i was a dead one enter mrs maynard left she has a wooden mixing bowl in her left hand and awkwardly extends her right to jack her right hand is covered with sticky dough oh jack this is terrible oh what shall i do I've got it all over my hand. Oh, Jack, get a coal shovel or something to scrape it off with. Jack, aside. I'll get the hook. Aloud and very dignified. Did you address your remarks to me? Don't, please don't. Oh, I'm so nervous. I think I will die. Jack holds his side in merriment and points at her. In her indignations, she sets the bowl on table. How dare you ridicule my efforts? How dare? Plunges left hand in the dough. Ooh, what have I done? Help, help! Extends both hands helplessly. Ooh, I've put my other hand in. Oh, you dear sweet darling Jack, help me. Oh, what a silly woman I am. Oh, Papa just pushed me right into this awful business. Honestly, he did, Jack. Oh, he exasperated me so, and I told him I could beat Mama at cooking. And oh, Jack, I can't even beat an egg. I don't even know how to boil water. Flies and puts both hands to her face. <laughs> oh, Jack, I'm blind. Help, help. Jack, wiping face with towel from sideboard. There, there, don't cry. I'll help you, you uh, sweet little dough face. What can I do? Tell me what to put in to make it raise some kind of a powder. Seedlet's powder. Sounds all right. Wait, I've got it. Hurried exit, left. He's so smart. I'm sure that's it. 
I'm sure that Mama used to say something about side-lit's powder on rising. Enter Jack, left, with two small boxes. I've got it. Here, hold this. Places box in right hand and extends her arms. Now the other one in this hand. Same business. Now I'll toss up a half dollar and see which one. Tosses. Right hand. She dumps entire contents in bowl. Oh, Jack, you were so clever. What was it? Rochelle salts. How perfectly wonderful of you, Jack. Now hold on a minute and I will get a tablespoonful of tea. What for? For the tea biscuits, of course. Exit left. Jack, stirring contents of bowl. Something has gone wrong somewhere. Stirs slower and slower, finally stops. Stuck. Takes box to light, goes back and examines contents of bowl, drops box. By Jove, it is plaster of Paris. I wonder what I am, a bricklayer or baker? Am I making statuary or biscuit dough? Enter Mrs. Maynard, left. Oolong or mixed tea? How long have I mixed it? I mixed it till it was nix on the mix. Look it over yourself, it resembles a frozen mustard plaster. Sits at small table. Well, we've got to think up something now. Just take a peep into the other room and see how Papa sleeps. We may have to chloroform him before we get through. Mrs. Maynard opens door right. He's gone. Gone. Well, what do you think of a man who will bust up a funeral? Sir, I demand an explanation. I said, uh, a fun all. That's it. A fun all from an old Dutch word. See, fun, having fun, all, uh, that is all having fun. See, fun all, fun all, fun all. He busts up a fun all. Sees check on the bills. What's this? A check? Examines the bills. The bill's all paid and fifty dollars over? Hooray! Fifty dollars to spend! Press the button! Call the hall boy! Mrs. Maynard presses button near center exit. Oh, this is beyond my fondest hopes! Fifty dollars! Enter hall boy. Here, boy. Go to the janitor at once and tell him that we desire to move into the large $75 apartment on the first of the month. These rooms are too small and mean for us. Exit hall boy to Mrs. Maynard. Now, sweetness, what do you want? I want a new spring suit with... That reminds me. I need a new suit. Hurriedly writes and thrusts letter in envelope. Dear Taylor, duplicate my suit of last spring. Press the button, love, quick. Enter hall boy. Mail this at once. Half dollar for a stamp. Keep the change. Exit hall boy. Now, sweetness, what do you want? A new spring suit, a new hat. By Jove, that's what I need. A new silk hat. Boy, ho, boy. Enter hall boy. Dashes off second letter. Post this, boy. Exit hall boy. Now, sweetness, what do you want? I want a new spring suit, a new hat, a new pair of shoes. Oh, boy. Enter hall boy. Take this to the shoe store on the corner. Writes. Dear Jim, send up one pair of patent leather pumps, one pair of tan shoes, and one pair of French calf walking shoes. Hurry, boy. Exit hall boy. Now, sweetness. Say, where do I come in? 
All I have heard is, now sweetness, now sweetness, now sweetness. Well, that's all right. You haven't soured on this thing, have you? In the last three minutes, you have spent three times the amount of $50. By Jove, I never counted it up. Say, you should have held me back on this. Walks to position behind center table. Mrs. Maynard, position lower left of stage, turns her back to him indignantly. Me? Jack, standing between center table and center exit. That's exactly what I said. You, you, you. I'm, you see, I'm altogether too liberal with you on money matters, I am. Enter Hallboy, with letter, taps Jack on shoulder with it. Jack does not notice him. I'd spend every cent I made on you, I would. That's my trouble. Hallboy repeats business as above. Maynard, with hands behind him, assumes thoughtful pose and faces sideboard. Hallboy quietly places letter in Maynard's right hand. Exit Hallboy. Mrs. Maynard, turning. Jack Maynard, the very hour and minute of our separation has come. Jack, advancing and bringing his right hand forward to point at her in his wrath. Not one single word from you, you ungrateful. Sees the letter and pauses to examine it in great wonder. What's this? A letter in a mourning envelope? Both center stage. He tears it open. Uncle Henry is dead. This is awful. Reads. Mr. Maynard, dear sir, the sad duty of informing you of your uncle's death devolves upon me. Both stop and take out their handkerchiefs, crying. <laughs> Poor, dear, kind, lovable old Uncle Henry. Oh, this is very sad. Mrs. Maynard, crying. Dear Uncle Henry, kind Uncle Henry. Jack, turning over a page, continues to read. <clears throat> For a number of years, we all suppose that he intended to leave his property to you, but he has willed it all to your cousin Willie. Crushes the letter and folds his arms. Well, what do you think of Uncle Henry for a stingy old miser? Oh, Jack, how contemptible. I never did like him very much anyway, did I? It just shows how near right I always am when I depend upon my intuition. Jack, who has been slowly straightening out crumpled letter, turns it over and reads the last page. However, it pleases me to inform you that all of his stocks, bonds, cash, etc., have been left to you. <laughs> oh, poor, dear, kind, lovable Uncle Henry. Oh, this is sad. Ooh, dear, kind Uncle Henry. We will never see him again. Repeating the above, they commence the waltz about the stage. Curtain. End of Biscuits and Bills by O. B. Dubois